Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast, our Thanksgiving special edition episode where we didn't think we would have one, but Alex Antopoulos apparently doesn't sleep or care about Thanksgiving. So uh, here we are, and as always, I am your host, uh, Jake Mastriani, and with me is Alan. Hang on, let me get the pumpkin pie stuff off my fingers here. (laughs) And uh, Fred? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Guys, yeah, last week we recorded the podcast, and we signed off and said that'll probably be it until after Thanksgiving, thinking things would probably slow down and we'd all wait until after the non-tenders deadline and uh, with the, maybe the DH rule getting uh, added into place or not, waiting on that decision to come down. But Anthopolis, you know, once again, is just very aggressive early in these off-seasons, um, you know, finding the guys that he wants and going after them aggressively, getting it done early, which is really exciting for Braves fans. But then the end of the offseason sometimes can be a little boring when you do all your shopping early. But it is exciting. It's been an exciting couple of weeks for Braves fans with just a lot of news. Before we get into the Charlie Morton signing, I did just want to mention uh, one other uh, news bit or maybe a couple other news bits, but uh, one of which is that um, – you know, the Braves lost the assistant GM to the Angels, and he has taken a couple of more uh, front office and scouting people with him from the Braves. So that can, you know, the front office continues to be shaken up a little bit, which is another reason why we thought maybe things would be quiet there for Antopoulos as he tries to dish out those assignments and fill those roles. But uh, apparently he doesn't care. That's not slowing him down uh, his offseason at all. But uh, there may be some more uh, shakeup in the, the Braves' front office coming. Another little uh, bit of good news is there was a video of Mike Soroka throwing a baseball on a field and looking healthy doing it, um, and that warmed Needs my heart. Haircut. Yeah, definitely <laughs> hasn't hasn't uh, gotten a cut since he um, tore his Achilles, but uh, so great to see him out on the field and um, gives you kind of hope that maybe he'll be ready for the start of the season, if not very shortly after. But that leads us into uh, the Charlie Morton conversation because, you know, perhaps the Braves may not have to rush Soroka back and have to, have a not, don't have a need to because of the depth of arms that they'll have in the rotation. Uh, obviously, they already signed Drew Smiley to a one-year deal for $11 million, and now they've taken uh, they've gotten Charlie Morton as well on a one-year deal. Obviously, we don't do anything but one-year deals, uh, and this one for $15 million. Obviously, Morton was a guy that had been uh, mentioned as a possible candidate for the Braves, somebody that wanted to stay close to home in Tampa, and somebody who obviously is familiar with the organization as the Braves drafted him back in 2002 and then traded him for Nate McLeod. Maybe some fans that want to. Thank you, Frank Wren. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But things are coming full circle in in his career, and he's uh, back with Atlanta. And, you know, perhaps this may be his last uh, hoorah. And if it is, you know, hopefully he goes out on top and helps bring a championship to the 
the Braves. But, Alan, I'll, I'll go to you first, and I know uh, there's just a lot to kind of unpack here with really just this signing. But uh, what are just your overall thoughts on uh, the Braves signing Charlie Morton? I got a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> don't know how many of them are good. But uh, first off, single-year contract, good. It doesn't tie the team down. Charlie Morton wasn't probably going to do anything more than a single year anyway at his age. But this is another case where next year the Braves are going to have to do this all over again. That's somewhat disconcerting because you like to have these guys with control, but apparently getting guys with control, years of control, and contractually isn't really working out in the marketplace too well. You know, we've been postulating things like trading for a uh, Musgrove or a John Gray or or other guys like that. Sonny Gray is now also available uh, from the the Reds. We're told uh, these guys have some measure of control. Snell as well, and I guess they are way too expensive in terms of prospects, at least if not prospects and money in some cases, to to consider. Uh, we are told that the Braves are were, were considering three different guys only in the free agent market, and that the two that they were considering the most, the top two, have been now signed, Smiley and Morton, and probably not in that order. I do wonder who the third guy was. Uh, we have, you know, had some sort of hints that they may have been thinking about Wainwright. Don't know if he was number three. That's a possibility. John Lester emerges as another possibility for number three. Uh, that, that's a little intriguing, but probably not uh, necessary to dwell on since they got their top two guys and got them quick and got them early. Uh, that leads to the price. We were uh, talking about the overpay last week on, on Smiley. Since then, we learned a little bit more that uh, there were some teams giving him some multi-year offers, but uh, the Braves managed to uh, woo him away with that single $11 million offer. So, not only did they believe in him, they obviously believed him in, in Smiley's capabilities well enough to do that. But in both cases now, Morton and Smiley, the prices have exceeded most folks' estimates of what uh, it would take to have landed them. And that says that uh, Anthopolis, again, has some money to spend. We don't know how much, but it, it's obviously enough to... To, to land these guys and land them early and, and now to be, allow them to move on to other things. Second is they didn't have to go that high in terms of uh, how, how high they aimed for the free agents. You don't have to go after a Bauer to get a top-of-the-rotation guy if you already think you do have top-of-the-rotation guys in Soroka and Freed. And I think that that's what they're aiming for is uh, guys to fill in the middle of the rotation. So between Soroka, Freed, Morton, Anderson, and Smiley, well, you got a couple of guys that are top of the rotation guys, and you got a couple of guys that could, on any other team, probably go in the two to five slots. And that's good. That's that's a, a good way to, to do things, and now it means that the Braves can move on to other stuff. So that's where I think I'm at here uh, with all these things running through my head. <laughs> and... uh Hopefully, I left something for Fred to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and Fred, I mean, uh, uh, this, you know, obviously the Braves have spent, you know, a lot of money, uh, $26 million, if my math is correct, on, you know, what essentially are middle, two middle and back of the rotation arms. Um, you know, maybe Morton projects a little bit more than that, but 
Um, you know, certainly, you know, the Braves feel pretty good about the guys they've gotten in the rotation they've put together. But, you know, do you think that the Braves have maybe overpaid a little bit here for both? Or is it just the fact that, you know, they, they, they'd rather overpay on a one-year deal than, than be stuck with a contract for multiple years at maybe a, a little bit more money? Yeah, I, don't, I think the cost, if you added the two guys together, I'm not sure the cost is that far off. I mean, I, I would have I would have put Smiley somewhere about nine million, and there was talk of of Morton being up towards nineteen for somebody who really wanted him. Now he limited that by saying he was on the East Coast, and there may have been only like three teams he was going to go to, and uh, those are winning teams. So when you say winning teams, that that wasn't the Marlins this year, although uh, I expect them to be a lot better. Uh, I don't think it's the Nationals next year. And it depends really on what the Phillies want to spend. So I would, I'm suggesting that it was probably Tampa and Atlanta. And that was about his list. If he could get a deal there and he was going to take the best one of the two, Tampa wasn't going to give him 15 million because they had him for 15 million and they could have signed him for 15 and then traded him, but they didn't want to do that. So uh, I, I'm going to say that probably the Braves gave him the best offer. And I think it was a good deal in terms of both of them together. Now, uh, as far as Alan's point of them it being this kind of nervous thing every year about who are we going to get, I think that's the future for most baseball teams now. Uh, the Braves have yeah. this nice little core of players. They, they, they've got these the big three up there, Soroka, Freed, uh, and Anderson up there now. And there is a gap to the next bunch. So you're going to see him piecing people into the back of the rotation, like Smiley and Morton. And, you know, next year it may be Musgrove or somebody else. You don't know. It's, he's going to do that to plug, plug, plug up the back of the rotation. The good news about that is we aren't worried about the top of the rotation anymore. Mm-hmm. And the top of the rotation used to be the problem. We used to say, man, we've got these back-end guys. We've got nobody at the top. Well, guess what? We now have two or two and a half guys that who can who can be the top guy, and on occasion Anderson crawls right up there with them. Uh, so uh, the the top three in the rotation look really good right now. Um, the problem is this year was going to be innings because we were. I had done a thing uh, for a post I've now junked that says that said that uh, we were about two hundred innings short of enough from the from five starters. And lo and behold, here comes Charlie, and he's not going to give us 200, but he's going to give us close to it. And all of a sudden, I think we're we're having enough innings from our starting rotation, should they stay healthy, uh, that uh, we won't have to overstretch the bullpen, which is another good thing because by my count, because we can only have 13 pitchers this year because the regular rule says you can't have more than 13 pitchers on a team. If you carry in six starters, that leaves you seven relievers. And I did some jumbling around with the numbers today, as Alan will tell you. And, you know, I think we've got some money left to spend, and there are probably ways to do it otherwise. But I'm real happy with this. Uh, I liked Morton a lot. I just didn't think he was going to play this year. I thought he was going to say, yeah, you know, I don't think so. Um, But I think he wants a pennant. I think he wants a chance to get to a World Series again. And I think he gives the Braves an excellent shot to do that. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I like the signing. I don't think I – verbally said that but I, I do like the signing for Morton you know I, I wrote about wrote about it when it happened and my only you know concerns are just that you know he really he, he's obviously getting up there in age his fastball velocity has been down each of the past two years he's you know never thrown more than 200 innings in a season I think the most he threw was in 2019 when he threw like 195 
so, you know, that, that makes me a little bit nervous, especially when we're coming off the Cole Hamill situation. You know, gave him $18 million and virtually got nothing from him. But I, I have a better feeling about Morton than I did Hamill. I, did, I never did love the Hamill signing to begin with. I feel a little bit better about Charlie and the fact that he's, you know, had some big moments in the postseason recently. You know, it's not like it was in the 10 years ago. You know, he's actually gotten better as he's gotten older, and he's had some big moments, you know, past three or four postseasons, um, and, and the Braves need that that kind of guy, you know, even though they've been in the postseason for, you know, three straight years now, you know, you still feel like their their pitchers are a little inexperienced uh, in the postseason um, at this point. So it's always good to have that, that kind of guy, you know, to kind of help you in the big games when he's ha- been, in, been in some of the biggest moments, won a World Series, although maybe – his team shouldn't have won it, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but I, I do like the signing. I think it makes the Braves' rotation um, very deep. Again, you can go Soroka, Freed, Morton, Anderson, Smiley. You got Kyle Wright um, right behind him, and B- Bryce Wilson, maybe Tukey, um, you know, Tucker Davidson, Kyle Mueller. Uh, I mean, the Braves really do have you know a good depth of of starting pitching and we saw even in just a short season uh, this past year, you know, how much, how important that depth is and how you can lose it very quickly. Um, so I think, I think that's what Anthopolis thinking is here is, you know, you're going to need, you know, at least eight guys that you can trust uh, as starting in the starting rotation um, to get through an entire season. And so I think he's building up that depth. Uh, preparing for that, preparing for hopefully what's going to be a regular 162 game season. Uh, we still don't even really know that much yet. So it's, it's a good move. It's, it's surprising to me in the fact that we're all expecting, you know, the, the money to be down and, you know, the Braves have already spent 26 million this offseason. So to me, hopefully that's a sign that there's plenty there for the Braves to spend and they're not going to slow down whatsoever. Um, somebody also mentioned that, you know, with the money that they would have paid uh, Fulte had he got another year of arbitration and what they paid Hamels pretty much just offsets what the Braves did for Smiley and Morton. So that uh, makes a lot of sense when you put that into perspective a little bit. But I, I think they are done with the starting pitching now. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to f- uh, sign another uh, veteran guy on a, a minor league deal. Um, to bring them in again, just to keep adding to that depth. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see another deal or two like that once we get closer to spring training. Uh, but other than that, Fred, I, I think they're done in the rotation, and I like the way the rotation is is shaping up. They may take a flyer on somebody in spring training. They will obviously ask people to spring training because they need pitchers that can throw there, even if they cut them off before the end of the spring. Uh, I think part of the thing that's going to hold them back, and I do think there's, they're, go- they're going to be some restraint, because we don't we don't know yet how many games there's going to be next year. We don't know what percentage of the of, of games are going to have fans, and and what the percentage of fans is going to be allowed in. So it looks like the much maligned LMC group has said, "Look, go ahead and spend like you had a year." And if that's the case. Then I still don't think they're going to go crazy. Uh, you know, I don't think that you're going to land Ozuna and another guy and another guy and another guy. And but I do think that they're going to go ahead and spend like they had had an ordinary year, all, betting on the postseason next year and making making some money up. Then uh, LMC is smart enough to know that it's bad business 
to go down the drain just because you had a bad year. And uh, I'm sure that, you know, when the Braves said, well, look, well, granted, we would need to do that, borrow some money to do that. Uh, they probably got to go ahead to go ahead and do that. Now, uh, how long that's going to last, I don't know, but I, it, it just seems to make sense. When you're, when you're spending $26 million on on two pitchers uh, that are basically the four and five pitchers in your rotation, and you haven't yet found two bats for your lineup, uh, you've got to have some kind of uh, a wiggle room there. So I think that there's money there. Um, uh, you know, whether they go to the 142 million again or no, I don't, uh, this year or not, I don't, but I think there's money there for that. I think they have to move to the lineup now, uh, but the holdup is do we D or do we or do we not DH? Over to you, MLB, PA, and MLB, please give us an answer by tonight. Yeah, yeah wouldn't, wouldn't that be a Thanksgiving treat if, uh, we could finally get an answer on that? But Alan, I, you know, I think we're all kind of in the same boat here hoping that the money's going to stay the same. And, you know, we know that there's obviously some big holes still to fill out there um, in the in the lineup. You know, but overall with the pitching staff, I think he's done a good job, and I think, I think we're set there. Yeah, the rumor right now is that the Braves were intending to give Ozuna an offer in December, and the, there was some weirdness about that that maybe we can get into later, but uh, Ozuna is, in, be, is being impatient, and so impatient that he went ahead and fired his agent already because uh, he hadn't seen any offers yet. And he, he's got to understand, hey, teams have this uncertainty right now, and they, they really need to get that DH question established before they go out and start uh, making offers to anybody. So the, I guess the hope that from the Braves is that, number one, they'll, they'll have the answer, they'll have their certain by the time the winter meetings roll around. And number two is that they intend to spend some more money. <laughs> That's what the bottom line sounds like. In, in terms of pitching, I agree. I think we're done. I don't think I, I see any other than maybe a couple extra add-ons as has been suggested. Uh, but what what's, was funny to me was what I was hearing this morning on the MLB Network radio show. C.J. Nikowski, I love you. you you've got some great uh, takes sometimes, but uh, you're just wrong on this one. At, almost as soon as the news about the Morton signing was, was out of their mouths, they started hearing, well, Sonny Gray might be available. Blake Snell is available. Why don't uh, we trade Ian Anderson for one of those guys or or somebody else like that? And and I'm thinking, wait, 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 what? <laughs> we're not going to trade a guy who look, looks like he has the potential for top of the rotation stuff and has six more years of of team control for for a guy like that that might have two or three years of control and was going to cost prospects and money to go get. Uh, no, 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 no. We need a bat now, and and we need maybe a couple of bats and and. I think we're done with pitching, and don't go and try to get anybody else. I think we're good here. It's a solid rotation. Everybody in the NL East is going to have to learn how to hit curveballs because they're going to get plenty of them, and I think that we're ready to move on to bigger and better bat things now. And you you make a good point there talking about bat things is that uh you know he's he's made these signings obviously and um you know elected not to make trades because yes he could probably go out and and get an ian anderson um but that would require a heavy prospect package um and we, get, a, we talk- get a blake snell or sonny gray you mean 
Yeah, yeah, we could get a get get one of those guys in, but you know it's going to cost a lot. Um, and you know we talked last week how you know he's yet to really make that big prospect trade. Um, and, and you know I said last time you know I think at some point he's going to have to pull that trigger um, and get it done to take the Braves to the next level. And maybe he's setting himself up for you know if he's going to find that big bat, maybe he's going to have to do it via trade, and maybe. He's going to have to save some of his prospects to get that done, and maybe it was just easier to go out and sign the pitching that he wanted. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's his thinking or not, but that's just, you know, kind of where I go with it. There aren't a ton of free agent bats that really fit what the Braves need. Obviously, if the DH isn't coming back, I think that kind of takes Ozuna out of the running, for me at least. Definitely hurts his chances of, of coming back to the Braves and perhaps you have to explore the trade market and you're going to need those prospects in order to to get that done. Well, I'll tell you, the thing that these two pitcher signings has done is set the Braves up so that he can, that Alex Anthopoulos can use some of these extra guys, these uh, 4A, AAA kind of guys as trade bait. Um, he's got well, you listed all of them earlier. I mean, we got either the world's best AAA rotation or a rotation down there that half of which can be considered expendable for the sake of trades. And of course, I've been advocating that we we do that for a while now, but uh, I think it's it's more evident now that uh, we we've got a surplus that that can be exploited. Granted, yes. Those guys, Morton and Smiley, are on one-year contracts. But as you suggested, maybe we have a paradigm shift in the way the the market is going to hap- happen now. Is that uh, if you want to go grab a uh, instantaneous fix, then get a guy on an overpay one-year deal, and uh, and, and you're you're set for your rotation for a while. Uh, for at least a year at a time, and maybe you don't need to worry about next year in terms of whether you're. Uh, prospects develop into real bona fide rotation guys. So if that's the case, then go ahead and trade them. You know, you, use them to get that bat because the Braves tr- traditionally have not really developed bats very well, and all the ones that they really have developed are already in the majors. So if you're going to go get something, it's going to have to probably be uh, via trade or signing Ozuna, or that's about all your choices are. Yeah, so Fred, I mean, that you know leads us, I think, I think the pitching side of things is done. We all know they still have a lot of holes to fill on the offense, but uh, and we think that could take some time, obviously, till we figure out <laughs> what the rules are even going to be for next season. But you know, what are your kind of thoughts on where Anthopolis goes from here and and what he has to work with? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, Alan and I were kicking something around. I've got a post waiting for the morning, which I guess if this gets up probably Thursday or Friday. Uh, the post will already be up, but uh, we were kicking around, and I was we were batting things around, and I was having a hard time figuring something out. And then I suddenly realized we can only carry thirteen pitchers, and we have an underperforming, overpaid pitcher in our bullpen that a lot of people would like. So why don't we trade Will Smith? That clears thirteen million dollars pretty quick uh, this year and next year, and gives us cap gives us payroll room to to uh, make another trade so what we've got what the post says is that we would package smith and and uh, camargo and send them to perry manassian uh in anaheim for three minor league players 
that I named in my post. One of them is uh, their number eight prospect, but the only one, I, the one I really want is their their number eighteen or eighteen or twenty prospect, and he hasn't yet pitched. College guy they signed last year and hasn't pitched for them yet because of the of the COVID thing. But all those guys are minor leaguers. One of them has to have a forty man spot because he's on the forty man, but he has options and um, he's he's a infielder outfielder kind of guy, one of the speedsters. So if you needed a, a runner, he could be the guy, I guess. And then you take that money. And uh, you call Jed Hoyer and say, hey, congratulations in, in, on, on becoming uh, GM in Chicago. Let's talk about uh, Chris Bryant and Ian Happ. And if you get e- Bryant and Happ and you put them in the lineup, then all of a sudden your lineup looks pretty deep because Happ kills right-handed pitching. Um, and you have Duvall, who kills left-handed pitching, uh, and Bryant, who can play third base. Uh, you send... Uh, Riley back down to Gwinnett so he can find that swing that he left in a locker down there somewhere. And, uh, you know, you're, you've got sort of 11 of your, uh, 13 everyday players, uh, on the, on the, on the, on the book and your lineup, um, is, is pretty good. Uh, you know, down to about the seventh spot, uh, until you get to Pache, who you don't know what you're going to get from him, the lineup is really deep. And if Pache should hit, the league will know that uh, they've got to eat to go through real hard. Filling in the blanks, I sort of grab names out of the air. But, we, you know, I picked, like, Matt Wieters in as a backup catcher for a, a million or two and picked up a player here and a player there. Finding the players to get them on the roster that are actually useful to us was difficult. Allen's got the list, and, you know, we looked at it, and he sort of said, it's a strange list. Yes, it is. I don't I don't. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't even publish that because it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just bodies into holes and sort of estimated amounts. And I came in at about $125 million for that list. That leaves you something if you want to do something mid-year. And you can obviously do more. Uh, you can pick up guys like Jerks and Profile that I passed over because I think he's going to be $6 million instead of the 3 or 4 I wanted to spend uh, when I got, uh, was it Galvis or did I take Galvis? I remember. But anyway, I put people on the list just to get to, to get to a number that I could say this looks reasonable and rational. That does mean that uh, you've got Martin and uh, Matzik uh, and Mentor at the back of the bullpen to uh, wrap up games. Uh, I think the name you were searching for is Tommy Listella. Yeah, yeah, Listell is the one. It was the one. That's the one. I was just it's old home week. I brought him a Matt Joyce back. <laughs> you know, just just for name because. All of a sudden, when I got to 11 names on the roster, I had trouble thinking, well, what do we need in those spots? Uh, and then there has to be 13. Again, it can't be pitchers. So I looked back a couple of years and found out that we carried four outfielders, uh, five outfielders, and three infielders. So I picked up another outfielder, an infielder, Chris Owings, Tommy LaStella, uh, and uh, I don't know. Joyce. And Joyce and, and stuff that filled the roster with up with them, but they're just names. They're not, you know, it's not saying, oh, I got to have that guy. But the bullpen then would be uh, Mentor and Martin and Matzik at the back, and when Tomlin and then your whoever you got uh, Webb and Walker and others to fill in the bottom and Newcomb, because uh, I still had hold of him. Uh, I went to Chicago. Uh, <clears throat> I sent Wilson, Drew Waters. And who was the third one, Alan? Do you remember? NCRT. NCRT. NCRT Waters and Wilson uh, was the initial thing because uh, you, you've got to give and Waters. NCRT Waters and Wilson because you've got to get. 
It may have been, was it, oh, it was Grant Dayton. But I think I may have changed that in the post and left him out. Anyway, it's just the idea that you've got to overpay them to take NCRT's contract a little bit to get Hap, who's got two or three years of control if you take him this year, and Bryant, and put solid bats in your lineup. And that's that's really the whole gist of the post. Uh, and, you know, I go into some detail about it. But that's just the whole gist of the post. All of this assumes that we, A, have money to do that, and, B, we don't get a DH. Because I don't want to see Ozuna wear a glove. So there you go. You don't have to read uh, Fred's post that comes out uh, here in the next couple of days. But make sure you do check it out on Tomahawk Take. But, Alan, that's what's exciting to me right now is that, you know, Antopolis has knocked out this pitching stuff. And now there are so many options available to him, you know, via trade or free agency. Like I said, I, I think it's mostly through trade just because there aren't a ton of free agents out there. Um, to kind of fill out this this roster and this lineup, um, but the other thing that's exciting too is you know signing these pitchers and giving them that money tells me that you know he is he's being aggressive. He understands the Braves are in this window, um, and he's gonna go for it and, and do what he can to put a World Series team um, on, on the field. Uh, and so that's you know very exciting for me. Should be very exciting for Braves fans as we continue the rest of this offseason. He's in it to win it, no doubt, and I think that there are other teams that are going to be doing the same thing. The Dodgers are, are clearly not going to be sitting around on their laurels. Uh, the Mets are looking at probably at least two of those premium free agents, and that uh, will make them healthy pretty quick. you got the Phillies sitting around. Fun fact I learned today, the team in the National League with the longest playoff drought is now the Phillies. Nine years or something like that. So um, they're going to be chomping at the bit to try and get back into competition. The Marlins are up and coming. Uh, Kim Ng's going to send, see to that for sure. So if you don't get on your horse and, and start riding early, then you're going to get overrun. And I think that's going to be the case with with a lot of teams that uh, aren't, aren't paying attention or aren't um, doing what uh, the Braves are doing right now. Um if I were another team, though, I I suggested this a few minutes ago, but if I were another team that had a bat to, to offer, I would be calling the Braves and saying and and asking about some of those this young pitching that they've got because certainly I I think that um, I that Anthopolis doesn't necessarily need to be going around shopping them, but I think he may be getting calls on on guys like that because. The Atlanta has certainly gotten themselves into a position where they've got extra pitchers. And even though I, I have trouble saying extra pitchers because of what we saw this year, um, that, that certainly should be, uh, the case that they, they have these guys that are available for trade bait. So, uh, whether you're doing it with, uh, Ian Happ and, and Chris Bryant, or somebody else somewhere else. We, Fred and I were talk, tossing about some possibilities with Boston and, and some of the guys that they have, uh, and, and a couple other teams too are trying to figure out how on earth it could possibly, uh, fit Nolan Arenado into the, the mix. But, uh, basically the answer is no unless the Rockies throw a lot of money to, to Atlanta. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm still trying to work on that though. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of possibilities and, the upshot is the Braves are very well positioned right now, I think, to uh, to make the big trade. And uh, 
we've been waiting for that, and I think it's it's bound to happen because I think it that um, that's what it's going to take to to get that last big bat. Fred, you know, before we kind of wrap this thing up here, uh, what are your overall thoughts on where the Braves go next, and just kind of your overall thoughts on the off season so far? Well, I, I you know I, we agree. I think what they'll do next is I think if they'll they'll decide on a backup catcher. Uh, uh, hopefully it won't be no, roly poly. I mean flowers. Uh, and uh, you know there are better guys out there for less money, in my opinion. You could get somebody who could actually hit occasionally off the bench, like Weeders or and there's others out there. But I think they've got to, they've got to decide on a backup catcher, and they've got to fill those uh, find those bats and fill the roster spots. And I think that you know the roster spots will be the last thing they do before spring training. They will you know wait and see around who's not picked up unless he's got his eye on two guys like he has on the pitchers. I know they've got a board and they, they look at the board and who's available and who's not. And I'm sure he's got them lined up, but his priority has to be the bats in my mind. I don't see any, it could go any other way than that because that's the obvious hole. And I don't think he'll do that until they tell us officially that, that there's no DH. Uh, now they could work over Thanksgiving and beat out an agreement. Uh, and if you think that I've, got this land i'd like never mind uh so i think that um you know they may announce at the last minute uh i heard today somewhere and i don't remember which show that you know the clubs were sort of planning not to have it yeah, but if you do that and then you have to have it that sort of throws everybody into a mess like ozuna and all the all the guys out there maybe the red sox want to trade jd martinez but they can't do that to the national league until the mlb gets a decision and i just don't think it happens this year so he's got to find bats and I think that's the priority, and I think the first bat he has to find is uh, the bat behind Freddie, and then he has to look for a bat to pair with Duvall in, in left field because Duvall is hopeless against right-handed pitching. And then again, we don't know how much Pache is going to hit. So the bats and the bench are the next are the next things in front of him, and starting with behind Freddie. Alan, I you know I know we said last time things would probably be quiet before Thanksgiving. So assuming that they are and we don't uh, record another podcast for the next couple of weeks, uh, you know anything else that you want to talk about or, or foresee coming next? No, oh, maybe Kurt Suzuki reunion. How about that? Uh, he'd be good as a backup catcher even at his, at his age because uh, he's one of the few guys that are in the over thirty catching crowd that actually still can hit a little bit. So. Uh, uh, there's there's one possibility. I threw that in my uh, Black Friday post uh, as a, an answer uh, to that question. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, backup catchers, you're you're looking to more get a defender than you're doing anything else. So who knows what they'll get? But uh, there's a lot of defenders that are available out there. So I, I don't think that's going to be a big problem for the Braves. That one could linger in been into January and February if if need be. But uh, it again, yeah, I, I agree with Fred. It's the bats that are important, and the the bat that hits behind Freddie is the most important because that's going to set the pace for everything that they do next year, which is exactly what we saw in 2020. They essentially developed a model for a lineup that really really worked, and I think everybody saw how well it worked. And we need to duplicate that somehow, some way. Yeah. Now, there's still uh, definitely some work to be done for sure. So, you know, make sure that you don't blink and uh, make sure you got your notifications on for, for Twitter because you never know when Antopolis is going to drop another bomb on us. But 
certainly it's a good start to the offseason for the Braves, a, a promising start. Uh, again, it sounds like Anthopoulos knows this is the time to go for it, and it looks like he is. He's identified the players he wants to go after, and he's going after them uh, rather aggressively. But, again, I do think that the offensive side of it will be slow just in time until we know exactly what is going to happen with the DH rule. Um, and that'll, that'll shed some more light on Ozuna's market. Uh, so that may come a little bit slower, but still, still some work to be done for Antopolis this offseason. A good bit of work, uh, like you said, with the, the catch, backup catcher of the bench, uh, and two, two bats in the lineup. So still, still a lot to be done. Uh, but again, I like the, the direction that Antopolis is, is taking this offseason and, uh, trying to build a World Series winner for next year. So that'll do it for this edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast. We hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Um, and again, make sure that you check out the site at tomahawktake.com uh, for all the daily content and news articles and opinionated articles uh, that we have up on the site. Uh, and we'll talk to you again next time. This Yeah, Alex Did It Again 37th episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast has been a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants. Minute Media rightly disavows all of them. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Batty McFadden His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkTick.com Hey, we're still certainly thankful for all of you that tune into the podcast and hope that this helps you doze off after ODing on Turkey today it's just one more service we provide here at the take for you. We'll see you out for the next inning. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.